you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL podcast is highly dependent on stimulus checks. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm coming to you from a virtual room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. Uh, expect those checks in the mail. 600 big ones, Marky Mark. Yeah, I don't. I'm not keeping an eye out for that. Um, and when it arrives, it goes into a gigantic abyss known as our credit card debt. So I'm not, you know, what what good does it do, do me? None. That should handle the credit card debt with, with sure. some, a couple dinners, uh, Grubhub meals to spare, right? No doubt. I, that I'm going to spend it all on, um, like, cutting the line for the vaccine, in, like in a black market sort of trade thing. Mm. There's a whole world out there. So that's where my money is going. That's good. A little peek behind the curtain of the Around the NFL podcast. Yes, it is. We were just here. We were just sitting in these chairs hours ago with our double episode recapping week 17, uh, the end of the regular season and the seeding of the playoffs. But we're back, baby. We're back in a big way because it is Black Monday. No, not Black Monday, because that's a negative connotation. And we don't like negativity on the show. We like positive Stuff We like positive affirmations. We want to look at the world in a different way, a way mm. where you see the rainbows, not the storm clouds. That's why this is New Horizons Monday here in the NFL, a time where, yes, coaching, the coaching deck gets shuffled, but hopefully when the dust clears, everybody ends up with a job. Now, that's not... Greg, something that's actually going to happen, but uh, you could hope that everyone lands on their feet. Tough time of the year in the NFL, but also an exciting one for fans uh, who want to see change. And some guys, you know, just can take a little time off. Jim Schwartz, the Eagles uh, coordinator, longtime fan of his. He's just he's taking a year off, just chilling. At least he could retire. He's had some health issues. We're leading with Jim Schwartz on the show. I don't know. He's... (laughs) Just trying to take the ball and run with it. First down, Mark, your thoughts. Well, I mean, these guys, 
A, it's a caravan where they just go from job to job. No matter how poorly you do in the last one, someone um, <laughs> who owes you a favor will hire you somewhere else. And they make a tremendous amount of money. So for all the... Well, I mean, listen, I don't want them to lose their jobs, but the, this is not like, um, you know, someone losing their last option in society and being thrown into a breadline. They are ultra wealthy and rich, and we wish them well. I this is like the opposite of the, the preamble that Schrager gives before uh, he talks <laughs> well, about I'm, the Because he I'm talks about, hey, it's not, you're about not just firing team. the head coach, you're firing all the assistants who aren't making much money and all the families and all the children. Um, but Sester's just like, let's eat the rich. No, no, no. I, the children I care about. If you get yanked out of seventh grade and suddenly have to go to seventh grade in like Jacksonville, that would be um, traumatic. Okay. All right. So, that, well, that's that's the way it is in our league. And, and what Mark was initially alluding to uh, was that, yes, this is a game of connections. And that's what you're going to see in these next few weeks how coaches um, and general managers and all these different um, uh, figures in the league, they all connect through their past to find jobs for the future. It's going to happen again. We're going to spin through everything uh, that has gone down up to this point. It's past 6 p.m. on the East Coast on Monday. So let's start uh, with... Uh, yes, let's just go through where we're at in terms of the dismissals of head coaches. Uh, Doug Marone, we'll start there. Jacksonville Jaguars, this was widely expected. Really felt that way for two years that Doug Marone was on the outs in Jacksonville. Now it happens. Timing's not great for Doug, unfortunately, because it seems like he's leaving right where when Jacksonville has a chance to really um, rise with the number one overall pick and potentially Trevor Lawrence, as well as a lot of cap space. Shad Khan spoke to the media after the, the announcement that Marone was out. Uh, he thanked Doug for all his work and then spoke about what it is that uh, has eluded Jacksonville during his time as owner. What's evaded the history of the Jags uh, really has been a franchise quarterback. And I think what's unique uh, certainly is that we have the ability now to make a choice and it's going to define the franchise moving forward. Greg, the, the Jags owner, Shad Khan, also has to hire a GM. So GM, head coach, and the starting quarterback's not in the building yet. This is a huge job, but also one that comes with a lot of optimism. It does because they have so much cap space, and you assume that you're taking Trevor Lawrence, and that's all great. But, you know, I keep seeing it thrown out there. It's like, this is, you know, this is the best job because it's great ownership. It's this and that. And I guess I would just say, like, scoreboard at some point. I mean, this franchise is... All it's done is lost under Shad Khan. So yet he seems like really smart on the business side of things, but you're kind of split between London and Jacksonville. That that's one thing, and they've just you know lost so much since he's been there. And then it, it's a red flag when he says in his press conference that he's going to have final say on contracts and personnel. That he did that pretty much over the last year. And I think like what other owner is doing that other than Jerry Jones? And I basically. Am of the mind that the more ownership is involved in football, the worse it is. So that that is a little worrisome if I was a Jaguars fan. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. And you know, I think that an owner's job, first and foremost, is to hire successful people. And um, it, I guess it's a positive trait that Shad Khan has been extremely patient with the people that he's hired. But um, we look at Doug Marone, Dan. To your point, that we feel like he could have been let go earlier than he was. Um, Gus Bradley, you could have said that. 
David Caldwell um, had more lives than a cat in that franchise. And at some point, it's like you've, it's on Shad Khan to go hire the right people. And so Urban Meyer's name pops up, and um, that's going to draw a ton of attention. He see, it seems like they're, to some degree, sort of heat-seeking on the idea that if that's what's going on there, we'll I mean, see. that would be a splashy hire. That is the former Ohio State coach, Urban Meyer, who had a fantastic career uh, as the coach of the Buckeyes. You've also heard the current Ohio State coach, Ryan Day, bandied about as a potential option in Jacksonville. It's very clear, it seems, that with the big quarterback on the way, that Shad Khan is looking also to make a splash here with his head coaching hire and completely reset this organization going forward. Because I, I'm with you, Greg, on the scoreboard thing, uh, but I still understand why this would be seen to an outsider sure. as well. If you get the right management in place at GM and you give me this quarterback and you let me be the head coach, oh my goodness, uh, we have a chance to get good very quickly. Um, all right. In other news, Anthony Lynn, he doesn't make it. This one surprised me. I even teed up Nick Shook on the flagship show after L.A. beat the Chiefs in a meaningly, meaningless Week 17 game for Kansas City. No Patrick Mahomes, but still, it was four consecutive wins for the Chargers to end the season. Justin Herbert ended uh, his fantastic rookie season on a high note. Uh, one of the great rookie seasons we've ever seen. So you had the quarterback playing extremely well, a guy that you hope is there for 15 years. You end on a four-game winning streak. But, Mark, ultimately, um, four years and a lack of success and some high-profile bungling of some of the uh, important elements of being a head coach seem to get Lynn in the end. Yeah, I think that like if you look at what you look for in a head coach, like Anthony Lynn, and there's a reason I think that the media – um, responds so positively to him is that he has traits of leadership and he has a history of players buying into him and, and liking him. But um, it was interesting that Dean Spanos basically said that the Chargers have been, in a quote, essentially innovative in many facets of their organization and they need to carry that over to the entire operation. Mm. And I think that pointed to some degree to coaching and game day management and the black mark on their record in close games. It's been really, really rough. Um, it kind of reminded me a little bit. Um, tell me if I'm too far afield here, but old Chicago Bulls fans will remember when you had Michael Jordan, um, you had Doug Collins as your coach, and they started to creep into contention, and you saw the pieces in place. And they made a sort of surprising coaching switch and went and got Phil Jackson. They said, we have this star, um, but we need a coach who can match the star power. And when you have Justin Herbert, um, you're, you have an open invite to get some of the best coaching talent out there. Who wouldn't want to go there? I mean, there's a lot to like about the Chargers in Los Angeles. So I think they're thinking maybe this time around we can maximize and get the best possible coach out there. It, it, the biggest surprise to me is just that Tom Telesco, who's been their GM for so long, gets to hire his third coach. You you, ne you almost never see that. Like a GM getting to hire three coaches, and like, unless like the – you know, one of them retired and is like headed to the Hall of Fame because he was too old or something. Like you don't see it because Mike McCoy was you know a strikeout, and Lynn you know had a pretty good moments his first couple of years, uh, and then you know you're firing him now, and he gets another one, and and everyone points to the good draft picks Telesco has had, and and that's fair. Um, but Lynn was you know over 500 in his run, and Telesco's been there eight years and is under 500. So I you know I think that's okay to point out. Um, I do like that the GM's you know in place making the decision. Herbert to me like 
blows up all this like all the ex- like I saw the excuses John Elway's making for Drew Locke today about Drew, and but then you're like, well, look at Justin Herbert. You know, he kind of blows it for all these quarterbacks that have excuses because if you got it like Herbert does, like you just got it. All right, so we'll see. Uh, what happens next with the Chargers? We talked about uh, last night uh, that the Jets had fired Adam Gase, Christopher Johnson, the team's um, acting owner, uh, gave a press conference today. He said, I don't much like the term CEO, but it does describe what we're looking for. We want a head coach that coaches the entire team and his staff. You don't need to be offensive. You have you don't have to be defensive. This is a coach for the entire team. This That's very important to us looking forward. Obviously, a clear indictment of Christopher Johnson's own decision-making when he, he kind of heat laser-focused in on Adam Gase as the guy to get Sam Darnold better. And Gase was an offensive guy, and Greg Williams is the defensive head coach. And it didn't work, so the Jets are now going to try a different tact in terms of who's going to be their leader on the sideline. Uh, if you are, and we talked about this yesterday as well, if, if you want to take any hopeful positives out of this search, which I expect to go on for a while for the Jets... Uh, it is that it is all out there that Joe Douglas is going to be the guy that is going to pick the coach and then present it to ownership and hopefully ownership listens to the GM. I think that's how it's going to play out and hopefully that will create, um, you know, or lose a, a sense of dysfunction that's plagued this organization for a decade. I mean, I always thought that the, the word was that Joe Douglas and Adam Gase got along pretty well. It wasn't like there was a total lack of harmony there, but um, for a GM that, you know, has a, his is held in high regard, certainly by many media people. Um, you know, you'd, you'd think that he'd have a chance here to pick someone that he can work with because to the, to the Telesco point, this is probably his last chance to pick a coach and he's got to get it right and they're going to have to nail the quarterback. And if those things happen, suddenly everyone looks pretty wise. I'm noticing a trend when we talk about these guys and I'm just, this is a little bit of self-scouting. That's what you do, you know, the week after the regular season, you do, you know, you have some meetings internal, what went right, what went, what didn't go right. Um, We, I think we as a group don't like the guys who butter up the media, who get a little extra shine from the media because we kind of know the game, but we're not really on the inside. So we just like, we, we see you people who are uh, kissing up to the media and we're, we're going to call you out. We're the truth tellers. <laughs> or maybe we're going to call you out maybe, as a large Maybe group. we're biased against them. I'm including Mark and myself in that at least because I definitely have that uh, trait and I, I can hear it from Mark too sometimes. Yeah, it's, it just starts <laughs> to become... Obvious and overt, and uh, it's a nice little party for everyone to. I do like the setup, though, Dan. To, you know, I killed the Jets um, the way that they did the last couple. You know, when they hired Gase, I ki- I killed it that day, and it never made. And when they fired the la- the last GM, I killed it that day. They, it never made any sense. You know, it just seemed doomed from the start. And this this does not seem doomed from the start. This seems to make sense. We'll see. I was up at what's up, Ricky. Well, Greg, you just said you're going to call all these people out, but you didn't call anyone out. So why don't you just call them out? It was by the context clues. I was coming off of what Mark said. He was basically saying uh, Joe Joe D's got friends in the media. I didn't think anyone listening that that's what he was talking about. Okay, just wanna. You said you're gonna call him out, it's, so it's, let's it's do a, it then. Right. I guess Ricky's saying basically it's a half measure. You go out of your way to show that you are someone that's plugged in and gets it. And, we do it every you, single show. I was assuming. It. I'm assuming. Uh, the list. We pointed out every show who's who's the people that kiss up to the media. Throw. Let's throw Telesco's name into the mix too. We just talked about it. Basically, you know the the ones. It works. That's the thing I've learned more than 
than anything I feel like in the last 15 years is it really does work to insulate yourself with the media. It makes a difference. There's a reason these guys do this. I was, I woke up um, in the middle of the night and I was going through, you know, I was reading all the postmortems on Gase and, and who the Jets might go after. And this applies not just to the Jets, but all these teams looking for coaches. This is a tricky year to be on the hunt for a head coach because like Schrager said last week, there's no like obvious slam dunk guy. So uh, no matter who these teams come down with, I feel like you're going to have to on some level as a fan, talk yourself into it and, and trust what, what your team is saying about the hire and why they think it's the right move. Because I don't see anything... Um, you know, Arthur Smith is an example. Every coach, uh, every team that's looking for a head coach is requested to speak with Arthur Smith. So it's like, okay, so Arthur Smith must be like a crazy in demand guy that you, your organization would be galvanized by. But mm. nobody really thinks that about Arthur Smith. Maybe he is going to be great. We don't know, but he's, uh, you know, he's an example. Robert they want Sala that FedEx money. Maybe they just like want some, they want to be connected to the FedEx hmm. Z- 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 Zion. Is that the word? I don't know. I, maybe. I don't know. The zeitgeist? <laughs> like S-C-I-O-N. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, that one. Uh, yes. Yeah, Skion? <laughs> Skion. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. So there you go. The Jets. All right. The Lions we know about. Uh, nothing new on that front. The Texans um, and uh, the Falcons. Those are the other three job openings. So you have six head coaching vacancies uh, right now. Uh, now let's spin through the rest of uh, the news. So Zach Taylor, uh, there was a report floated by Mike Florio of PFT yesterday that he might not be safe with Cincinnati. Uh, Well, the Bengals went and doused that report with cold water by coming out on Monday and saying, yes, Zach Taylor is our guy. And he's coming back for a third year on the sidelines. He has not had any success win loss wise, Mark, but um, you know, at the same time, this is not still not a great roster, and the Joe Burrow injury just killed any momentum they could have built down the back stretch of the season. Yeah, I mean, you, if you, I think going into the year, I we talked about like who is Zach Taylor. We've we've had that conversation multiple times. Um, I'd come away saying you can feel real encouraged about the Titans win with Joe Burrow. You can feel good about beating the Steelers with Brandon Allen. Um, they finished bottom five in offense yards per play scoring. Um, but you're in an organization. Mike Brown came out today and said he's very bullish on Zach Taylor. I found that to be the the wording of an, an aged man. But um, that's a good thing if you uh, the definition is positive if you're Zach Taylor. And um, I get it. Why why dump him? Because it's he hasn't really had a chance yet with a full year with Burrow. And I did see some things. And it's not like you know Burrow was undercoached by them. Um, I, the issue is talent organization. Here's my question. Would Marvin Lewis have done worse than Zach Taylor or better? I mean, I, I just, I'm waiting to find out who this coach is. But I, I think it would have been premature to, to jump sal- ship as, and then resell someone else on the job. Salman Wilcox once told me, Marvin Lewis, for all his warts, <laughs> that man raised the Titanic. He turned the Cincinnati Bengals into a... AFC playoff contender year after year. Maybe, and I don't think he's another example because I think Peter mentioned his name potentially. He's, he's, he's had some interviews already. He's had yeah. some interviews. That would not be a hire that would excite anyone. But I think it gets lost in the mix because 
Lewis kind of became almost like a, a figure of comedy uh, for Twitter middle school because he lasted for 16 years without winning playoff games. Well, but Marvin he, Lewis is an idiot. He accomplished much more uh, than than Zach Taylor could ever dream of through two seasons of his coaching career. Right, because Lewis, if nothing else, is going to bring a good staff, and that's the question that Taylor has. No one wanted to work for him at first. I mean, he went through like nine defensive coordinators before he found one that said, yes, I think he might change his defensive coordinator, Lou, uh, Lou Anarumo. We don't know that yet. So he's Captain gonna Lou to... Albano? No, that, that was <laughs> exactly. a bad hire. Not a, guy that's, not a guy that's been mentioned on this <laughs> show a lot. It would have been nice to see Burrow through the end of the season. It was hard to really... Think much, think much Did Burrow's injury in a strange twist of fate save Zach Taylor's job? That's also something to think about. And maybe Might consistency have. for Joe Burrow. Let's not make him the latest rookie quarterback with you know three coaches in four years and multiple schemes. Maybe it's just like let's keep things as they are for they, now. They got to do something, though. If he just shows back up in that like blue polo you know all the time Zach Taylor and they have another like 4 and 11 season if like if we were back in the old blog days and the aughts we all we all wrote for blogs around the NFL was a blog remember that it was called around the league that was good uh, like a really mean spirited blog post would be like the most forgettable NFL coaches who like reached their third season, and and Zach Taylor right now would be on you know probably be on that list. If you'd have, you'd have to go he'd be on that list. He'd be the reason you put the article <laughs> right. He would be the inspiration. I don't know yeah. where he would fall. You'd have to do some research, but he'd be so he's on the Mount Rushmore of terrible third year coaches. Not That's, terrible. I, like I said most forgettable. There's cuz a lot of times terrible means memorable. So it, these could be some, you know, multiple 5 and 11s that you just forgot ever. Like a, a blase leader of men. A largely forgettable <laughs> leader of men that you don't remember <laughs> led you or anyone else. Right. Or that you don't remember covering, you don't you were like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that guy." You know, it was like someone brought up how many assistant coaches Brad Childress uh, like has turned into Chilly. coaches, and I was like, "Wow, I forgot Brad Childress. He had like a six-year run with four playoff spots, but it just sort of like totally forgot about it." Um, all right. In other news, the, you know, one thing. So six G- coach openings, uh, which is pretty much on average. Uh, but general manager openings, there are seven of them right now. That's uh, that's higher than usual, and the most high-profile one opened up. On Monday, uh, when John Elway uh, and the Broncos announced that he would be stepping away from the role of GM after 10 years um, and will be hiring a GM that will answer to John Elway and also Vic Fangio, who's going to keep his job. So the Broncos are going to hire a GM to, quote, make all football decisions working in partnership with Vic, Elway said Monday. So that's big. Uh, Elway, of course, was the architect of the Super Bowl 50 champion, but it has been tough sledding in the years since. So he gets, I guess, what amounts to a promotion to president of football operations, uh, but he no longer is the chief architect of the team, Greg. Um, This is probably, I don't want to say an overdue development because John Elway deserved plenty of rope after what the team he put together with Peyton Manning and Von Miller. Uh, but it might have been time to shake things up. This one's for John. This yeah, one's I think so. For yeah. John. 
it strikes me as Parcelsian. And Elway does deserve credit because they, they were great for four years. You know, M- Manning gets the most credit, by the way. But, I mean, they were great for four straight years, and they, they won it on almost the most surprising year that they had in 2015. Uh, it reminds me of when Bill Parcells try- kind of moved to, like, no longer being the coach or GM exactly, but then just tried to be, like, the football czar in Miami. That's sort of, like, the last move of a, a football skiing. Skion. Skion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's almost trying to insulate himself. Like he says he has other things he wants to do while still staying. In, so he doesn't Skion. want to be as day to day. It makes sense. Also, ownership is like changing and weird there. So it's almost like planting a flag of like whatever happens here. I'm not going to be that easy to take out like right away, you know, but it, it's a weird organization right now because you're making them take Vic Fangio too. It's not a normal GM job. There, I mean, there are also very few sure. scenarios where your general manager is an icon in your town, um, right. where people go to games still wearing John Elway jerseys. And I had a friend from Denver that wrote me and said, wait, did um, Smellway get fired? Because he calls him John Smellway. Don't call me Smellway. Classic. Well, and, yeah. Classic Smellway. I said, listen, he, um, he essentially, this is great for him. He got promoted. He's 60 years old. He promoted himself. We've got plenty of people like this um, inside NFL Network and in the higher <laughs> floors of our building. They name get promoted. Them, name them. You, well, no, because I don't even know them. These are people I don't even know their names, but you get the email every once a month. This person and these people have been promoted. This, this, you know, there's names that have been promoted eight times in the last four years. They move high up into the upper <laughs> echelons of the company where there is no accountability. You have no idea what they are doing. John Elway said a couple times during this presser, like, I, I'm going to stay attached where I want to and stay engaged where I want to. I still feel competitive. But basically, it's a job that he will not be held accountable for, and he'll make a lot of money for it. And I would mm. imagine that's a nice thing to do when you're 60 years old. So are you— More money, less I'm, work. I'm right. getting mixed signals from you, Mark. Are, are we protecting the sacred cows, or are we slaughtering them? Like, where are we standing? Where do we stand on all this? I'm not really um, out to get John Elway. I mean, he won them— a Super Bowl. He won the multiple Super Bowls as a player. He got them one as a GM. He'd been there for 10 years. They won like 100 games. Skion. The quarterback thing got real rough at the end. And I think he's sort of saying, Seacrest out. It's not. It's, it's a tricky job. Of all these GM jobs open, I think it might be the worst just because Ooh. of the weird the weird dynamics and the ownership is messy just you can google it there's lawsuits there's inheritance there's you know there's a bunch of there's a lot of different things going on there so it's just confusing what if it's a sh sound what if it's shion is it not scion yeah i think it's scion hang on let me um i always read here's what it is a word you shouldn't say unless you you, you know a word i shouldn't say that's what it is unless you know never use like a vocab word that you don't know what the pronunciation is that's that may be the most trenchant lesson we learned from this entire episode i mean anyone could they could apply that to here is the pronunciation according to a unchecked um site uh or page on youtube here we go Science. Science. Okay. Science. 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 That sounds nicer. Okay. Right? Shion. Like Shiano. Is Shion it Shiano? sounds like she gone. She yeah, gone. Really hey, hey, new GM. By the way, you got to stick with this coach I hired uh, and Shermer. Oh, and I, I really believe in Drew Locke and, and I'm your boss and I'm the hero and uh, ownership's all <laughs> kind of changing. Here you go. 
Yeah, right. If things this, go this poorly, reminds me of the Jets setup, like after they fired the GM. Like it just, it's it's messy. right. It's, it's like if things go poorly, it's your fault, new GM. If things go well, it was me that did it. And also, Fazio is your boy uh, <laughs> until he's not. And if you fire him, that's on you too, because you should have thought better than to keep him on. You should have lobbied with me, and I would have sided with you. It, it's a it's a viper pit. Uh, up there in Denver. Hey, don't say that about my job. Uh, in other news, uh, the Vikings, they're going to have a new offensive coordinator because Gary Kubiak, he's expected to re- retire. Ah, how about that? Uh, we led we led with the show. We led the show talking about the defensive coordinator of the Eagles stepping away from the league. Kubiak now also expected to step away. Uh, obviously, Gary's had some health issues in the past, and he 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 stepped into a more prominent role this year. But I guess it's going to be one and done with Minnesota as the OC. I wonder if these two stories are connected. I saw someone wonder about it whether uh, Kubiak could be heading back to to Denver. You know, in in the front office or something. We've done this show long enough. We've done Kubiak retirements before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we probably we should just Ricky go find that and replay what we said. Sometimes um, you can't keep it's a sometime good man in down. the next fi- last five years. Just go check it out. Kubiak took a stroke in the middle of the damn game like ten years ago, and uh, he's still doing it. Like <laughs> that you can't keep Gary Kubiak off the sideline. No, he was sort of like the poster boy for these coaches are working. Too many great. hours, you know, and it's and it wasn't untrue. I mean, there are whispers that Clint Kubiak could become uh, Mike Zimmer's next offensive coordinator, the son of Gary nice Kubiak. Name. He he's hiring his sixth play caller in six years. By the I, way, I mean Kubiak. he took Kubiak came there and Stefanski was there last year. The offense wasn't their problem. That was the best offense I think they've they've probably had uh, since Mike Zimmer's been there. There Not is to- heat also that Anthony Lynn could be. The offensive coordinator here mm. in Minnesota. Keep an eye on that. Anthony Lynn will be hired very quickly for to be added to someone's staff, and that will be a major uh, repeated notebook item come August about what he's bringing uh, to the coaching staff and the locker room. You know, Clint Kubiak. That that's a name, and I, it goes back. I don't want to belabor this point, but like Arthur Smith. Eh. Even we went with Artie Smith or or um, you know Special Delivery Smith. Like, still not a lot of buzz. But if it was Clint Kubiak who mm. was running that offense in Tennessee, uh, yeah. I think he's he's getting Robert Sala type attention right now. You're not wrong. Uh, it's all about the name. Well, he's got somebody. he's got the nice. I hope he inherited the nice uh, hair from his his dad too. Do you like the double K though? He goes Clint with a K. You know, two Ks. You're only one away from three. It's right. Yeah. That's tricky. Mm, that's, that's problematic tricky, uh, territory in society. I don't like that, but uh, you know, at the same time, who am I to judge? Uh, Greg, you have three Gs. Some people might say that that's Mark. You you have it with a C. You you guys are yeah. all outside the box. So. It could be too, it could be too much. Do you feel? Do you ever feel that life would be different if you had a name spelled the proper way, the correct way? Yo, which one of us are you speaking to? Both. I mean, I, I I like I don't like the name Greg at all, but I like it better with an extra G. Lisa gave me the whole sixty percent G bit, you know. Nice bit, it, you know. It's good. I would never want to switch to become Mark with a K at this point. We've gotten this far. It feels that would be an absurd 
move back to the the median, <laughs> back to the middle. Mark, what is? You ever see those? Like you can check with Social Security to see how popular names are over the years, and I have checked this. No one names their kid Greg anymore. Like no one. It's not it's even over. in the top thousand. It's over. It's out. It's over. It's like Tiffany. It is some it's some names over. got hot in the eighties, and then that was it. It was game over. Uh, in other news, so Kubiak. Um, expected to retire. Now, Philadelphia, Doug Peterson. Some people wondered about Doug. Was he going to survive? And then there was the fiasco uh, yesterday, last night on Sunday Night Football, uh, where the Eagles brought in Nate Sudfeld. Had to get a look at Nate Sudfeld, uh, which essentially eliminated, for all intents and purposes, the Giants from having a chance to win that division. Boo-hoo, you went 6-10. and t- ten. Uh, But let's get back, back on track here. Peterson and Howie... Roseman did a press conference together, so Doug's not going anywhere. And um, the general manager, Howie Roseman, spoke on the topic of Carson Wentz, who, of course, uh, lost his starting job uh, to Jalen Hurts. And there's been a lot of media speculation about a fallout and a fractured relationship between Doug Peterson, the head coach who's going to stay the head coach, and Carson Wentz and the possibility of a trade. Here's what Howie Roseman said in the spin machine on Monday. Oh. Um, when you have players like that, they're like fingers on your hands. Um, you know, you can't even imagine that they're not part of you, that they're not here. And, um, you know, that's that's how we feel about Carson. That's like the most non-answer ever, by the way. It's, it's a bunch of descriptive language. But then when you really drill down on it, it means absolutely nothing at all. I mean, I throw a few of those responses around on this show, so you know, no arrows <laughs> towards Howie. Mark is good at that. If he knows how to, he knows how to dodge it. Yeah, he never. They never said they. They never promised not to. They said all the reasons they loved Carson Wentz in the first place, like they still believe in that. The the Wentz Peterson thing seems more germane. The it was weird. It was weird press conference because everyone's remote. And they asked all the questions to Howie because they never get Howie Roseman. Like, Doug Peterson just, like, sat there. And they they know the score that Wentz, these reports that are come out, they got to come from somewhere. And it really seems like it's Wentz's camp um, that's putting it out there and trying to get a divorce and, and that they do have a problem with the coach. And if the coach is staying, I, you know, put two and two together there. Well, and, and Wentz refused to speak to the media today, so... Mm. He doesn't sound like a happy camper to me necessarily. I mean, I think it's like the kind of Howie Roseman is saying the kind of thing that you say when you might still be stuck in this relationship at training camp and you don't want to, you know, suggest anything other than he's a finger on my hand and I would never cut it off. Well, I don't buy a word of it if the right situation comes to allow them to cleanse themselves of this pretty terrible off-season storyline that we I'd like them to cleanse it so that we can be rid of it. But um it doesn't sound like that's the plan right now. Yeah, if Carson Wentz didn't sign that huge contract extension, this is probably, you know, a, a non-starter. It's going to be he'll be moved and and fresh start for both sides, and the Eagles recoup a draft pick and either you know get behind Nate Sudfeld as the backup quarterback of the future, or they invest in a, another quarterback in the room to join Jalen Hurts. Who knows? Uh, but because of that contract, they might be stuck together. I just found it funny that his choice of words, like as if you know, just because you can't imagine him not being there, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, you're going to get rid of him if you if you can, uh, but maybe they don't know if they can. So, when is the end result that it like you know? One of the more um, white knuckle, hard scrabbled group of beat writers in America are supposed to go away from that press conference, thinking 
No more questions. They're all in on costumes. Oh, my gosh. I watched a little bit of it looking for that, and, man, their questions are so brutal. They're just like – like, the question that led to that was like, how do you explain that Carson Wentz had the biggest regression of any quarterback in the history of sports and embarrassed our city? Like, that was, like, the question. It's like, Howie's just like, humana, humana. It, Howie's answer is basically, the alternative is to do... I'm pissed off, Angelo. <laughs> the, the alternative it, is Doug. to do what um, Nagy and Ryan Pace did last year, just lie about Mitchell Trubisky, you know, or whatever they were whatever they were doing. How, Doug, how did you feel you know, having to get up and put on a, a shirt and comb your hair for that press conference and then nobody wants to ask you a question? How did you feel about that? I'm pissed off, Angelo. I get it. <laughs> I totally get it. What do you think about Carson Wentz and him, uh, you know, leaking all the stuff to the media, causing an issue with your organization? I'm pissed off, Angelo. What about the Giants and their fans thinking that you're the Antichrist for pulling uh, Jalen Hurts from the game? I'm pissed off, Angelo. <laughs> okay. Mm. See, we asked the hard-hitting questions. That <laughs> you did. Yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> All right, it's a Dan Hansis shout out. All right, let's let's now. <laughs> hey, Paul, uh, let's now uh, look to real quick before we sign off here. A couple of wild card, uh, super excuse me, super wild card weekend games uh, and some injury issues connected to teams. Jared Goff, we talked about it on Sunday. He was throwing the football around over the weekend, and you know maybe trending toward returning. Uh, for the Saturday game against the Seahawks. Well, Rapsheet reported on Monday that it will be, quote, challenging for mm. Jared Goff uh, to return in time for the Seahawks game. Uh, maybe, Greg, maybe uh, Sean McVay doesn't need Sean, uh, need his quarterback to rush back after John Wolford played okay this week. That's, I don't know. That's I, I started asking around, just curious. I I don't think anyone would know that. They would never reveal that. But I think that's a theory going around, that Sean McVay would not mind seeing what John Wolford could do with the start in Seattle because he just saw what Goff did in Seattle, and it was not great. I mean, the situation... <laughs> Which would be crazy. It would be so crazy. But I, I, it, it also isn't. If you look at the way McVeigh's... Sorry for interrupting. The, no, if you okay. look, If you look at the way McVeigh called plays, like you could see his lack of confidence in Goff. I, I mean, if that happened and it played out, and, you know, I, I read this report that, you know, they're heading to the Pacific Northwest and it might be 47 degrees with a chance of rain and you don't want to put Goff in that situation. Um, okay, I guess you want to put a guy who'd be playing his second NFL game ever in that situation. <laughs> but um, if it plays out that way, I'm sorry, but it's sort of the West Coast version of some of the Carson Wentz dynamics. I mean, you've just given Goff a ton of money. Are you going to go into the offseason with this being the storyline that is attached to your team? I, I hope this isn't what <laughs> there isn't like a is John Wolford better than Jared Goff conversation happening right now? Because that's absurd. I, right. I, the, I, LA, I, the LA Times ran a column today. Now, I, I think it was kind of ridiculous, saying like they had to start Walford. You know, no, that that's, this, is, I, this is what happens in, uh, in fandom and in journalism, too. People get annoyed with certain players, and quarterbacks obviously uh, will bear the brunt of this because they're so, so highly visible and so important to the team. And when a quarterback that has, has a, a track record of not just success, but like all pro level play, which there was a period where Jared Goff did that a couple of years ago, that is all out the window now. And now he's not even as good as the uh, Arizona hotshot uh, signal caller from the AAF. 
what about the Brian Flores method? This would make more sense to me. If Jared Goff can play, start Jared Goff. And if he can't play the guitar after, you know, uh, a quarter or two on Sunday or Saturday, then you bring in uh, your little hero, Johnny Walford. Oh, you could play both guys. This isn't baseball. You know, it's you could go back and forth if you wanted to. Maybe flip it. Start Walford. Cause you Hell, know he, cause you not? know he, yeah, he's the best quarterback in town. And if it doesn't work out, then go get Jim bring Everett. Bring in like Jim a- Everett. Have Everett play the first quarter. Mark Bolger the second. Bring in Goffer the third and close it out with Johnny Wolford in that uh, RPO game. Remember when backups would go on, you know, playoff run? I'm sure it's happened recently too. I'm like, remember when? It's like nothing like a good John uh, Jeff Hostetler or Frank Reich uh, little playoff run or something. I, Someone I named like Nick Foles would Wolford. fit the bill. But, there you go. Yeah, that would know. make sense. What about the uh, who was the uh, Denver Broncos coach this year that was like, uh, I can play quarterback on Sunday? Get him in the game. Give him a couple snaps. See if he can play the guitar. He deserves it. <laughs> Finally, um, Mark, uh, bad news on the defensive line of the Cleveland Browns. Olivier Vernon has been placed on injured reserve. He tore his Achilles tendon um, on Sunday. He had uh, nine sacks, second on the team to Miles Garrett. And it is not good, not good for Vernon, who's a uh, pending free agent, and not good for the Browns, whose defense isn't too hot to begin with, and now you take away uh, one of their top playmakers on defense. Yeah, they're really thin at that position. Uh, you know, it sounds like Adrian Claiborne is the guy that would step in, and Claiborne isn't a guy that can shift um, from right to left because of the birth defect that he deals with. And um, so, I mean, that kind of just tells you that Pittsburgh can spend the week scheming um, for Miles Garrett on one side, stack the protection there. And, I, you know, you, here's the worst formula for Cleveland. I mean, you can't get to Big Ben, um, but the Steelers can get to Baker Mayfield. And there's a very easy mental pathway to imagine that being the case. This is a big loss. He was playing, you know, I don't think he had a great season last year, but Vernon um, was was playing really well, really well for them this year. And I'd go point to that Eagles game where he caused absolute total havoc and won a, you know, AFC Defensive Player of the Week. So it's a huge mm-hmm. loss at the worst time. Yeah, he was playing great. They need Ward back. They need Denzel Ward back. Um, all right, and you're going to get a full breakdown of Steelers-Browns, Ramp Seahawks and all the super wild card games on Thursday when we uh, you know dig in on every game that we play this weekend. That's going to be a lot of fun. We also have a um, a totally different episode uh, on NFL Network that is airing this weekend. Uh, that is also you know a look ahead to wild card week, super wild card weekend. Um, so check that out on NFL Network. It airs. Right when, like, if you have a three-year-old, um, <laughs> like two hours before he wakes up, that's that's the first. I think we're in prime order. time um, at a normal time on Friday, what? and then it's also. Yeah, I thought there was the yeah. word of a better. Um, yeah, we're we're, in, yeah. we're on Friday. Ricky, we're on Friday night. Ricky, I don't know the answer. <laughs> oh come on, you're our producer. It's honest. Yeah, it's honest. yeah. It's yeah. I, it is Friday. It's Friday afternoon. Correct. Yeah. Okay, that's good. And that's re-airs. A great time and re-airs. Slot. Yeah. Re-airs, Re- yeah. That's what it's all about. Huge. Cushy huge, time slots. Huge. So put the three-year-old slot. in the backyard yeah. and sit down and watch the show. <laughs> put a hoodie on it. It's getting cold out there. All right. <laughs> all right, that's it. Um, yeah, so we have the uh, that show coming up. Um, oh, wait, you were just talking about Olivia, right? 
Uh, well, Olivia. Because yeah. Olivia Wilde is now with Harry Styles. So just wanted to bring that full Yeah, full that's circle. been a big news item today. I've read really? a little bit about yeah. that. Yep. Just wanted to let you uh, know. What do you, where do you come down on that? I think it's great. I think it's great. When he was 18, he said he'd date someone as old as his mom. So um, that's younger. Olivia Wilde's way younger. <clears throat> that guy makes a lot of the mm. right moves. He, he mm-hmm. moves the needle. He dresses in a certain way. He seems to appeal across and still gets Olivia Wilde. genders and all sorts of things. And now he's going for the, uh, the older woman market. He was with Taylor Swift for a while. Hmm. Running the gambit. Mm-hmm. Where do you come down on Styles as a recording artist, Mark? Um, I I actually think he's very talented. I do, and I uh, I listened to a little bit of the the group he was with. Um, I don't know them One very Direction. well, but One Direction. Um, our our kids like some of their songs when they were younger. So I think he is actually like a um, ultra talented dude, and good for him. I you know handsome as much of the too. world is very handsome British. Um, you know, he's been in a couple movies. He's an actor. He can do it all. If you're, you know, if you're old enough, you know, George Michael was the biggest like British pop star in the world 30 years ago. And then about 20 years ago, Robbie Williams, he had a big run there. Uh, now it's Harry Styles' time. And we just got to get out of the way and enjoy it uh, and, and take all that watermelon sugar. Take all that we can handle, even if we get the diabetes. Greg, <laughs> final word to you. Yeah. What do you think about him in dresses? Greg, go. I can't say I'm too familiar with Harry's work, but uh, I do love me some of Olivia Wilde, so he has, he has terrific taste. What a Olivia mm. Wilde driving Greg Wilde. How mm-hmm. about that? That's quite a re- revelation late in the show. I mean, I don't think I'm like, that's a, it's not a, you know, a sneaky corner to be on or anything. Ah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good. No show tomorrow. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, we've given you plenty of content in the last 24 hours so please be thankful <laughs> leave us alone don't, don't leave say me negative alone. things please. don't criticize what we do we're trying our best to give you the content you deserve please um, be thankful <laughs> <laughs> take what you get and like it alright this is uh, Dan Hansen signing off for the old boss Quiet Storm Ricky Hollywood behind the virtual glass until Thursday go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 